Welcome to Vet Zone, where passion for animals, science, and medicine lives. Are you cool enough for a super family? The answer is yes. As an ape, you are a card-carrying member of the superfamily Haminoidea. Taxonomy classifies all living beings from three domains of life through eight levels to the most specific final categories of genus and species. At times, eight levels just aren't enough to properly group. When this occurs, we squeeze another layer in between. Apes aren't the only cool group to warrant a superfamily. Butterflies, dung beetles, and filarials fit the bill too. What are filarials? A group of roundworms which affects millions of people and pets each year. Now, when I think of roundworms, even as a vet, I think of a squirming intestinal worm. They infect humans and animals through a fecal-oral route and release up to 200,000 eggs per day in our stool. Gross, but not accurate to describe all roundworms and not accurate to describe filarials. Roundworms represent a wide and diverse phylum including over 25,000 different species. To avoid confusion, we can call members of this phylum nematodes instead. For an example of this confusion, you hear that dogs can be infected with roundworms, whipworms, and hookworms. This statement appears to refer to three species of parasites, but actually refers to six. Two for rounds, three for hooks, and one for whips. Additionally, all six of these species are nematodes, which means not only is the roundworm a roundworm, but so are the hookworms and whipworms. Then we throw another common pet parasite into the mix, the tapeworm. We might be tempted to call this a roundworm, but that would be a mistake. These guys are platyhelminths, or flatworms. Like the term nematode, platyhelminths comprise a wide list of species, again, around 20,000. Why do you care? Can't we just kill them all and move on? Taxonomy helps define drug susceptibility and route of infection, both of which you care about very much. How do we kill them? And then, how do we avoid from getting them again? So what are you trying to kill or avoid? A whipworm, a tapeworm, or filarial? And this brings us back to filarials. While a nematode, and therefore a roundworm, filarials have enough special characteristics to warrant a superfamily. They give live birth, are always parasitic, and use an arthropod intermediate host like a mosquito. Unfortunately, a few of these filarials use humans and pets as their definitive host. A definitive host is the animal where the adult stage and or sexual reproduction of the parasite occurs. Lymphatic filariasis accounts for most human infections, with over 120 million people affected and 856 million at risk annually. Three different species of worms cause lymphatic filariasis, which some people might recognize by the common term elephantiasis. Oncocerca, or river blindness, comprise most of the other human filarial infections, with roughly 18 million infected and 120 million people at risk annually. In countries like the United States, filarial diseases remain rare in people, and we usually associate them with the pet disease known as heartworm or dirofilaria imidis. 
dogs, cats, and other mammals, and on rare occasion humans, become infected with this worm. Sometimes as big as a foot long, these roundworms sexually reproduce inside a warm mammalian host. Their children circulate in the blood at a thousand times smaller than their parents. This size difference means that unlike their parents, the larval stage, known as microfilaria, are just that, microscopic filaria being at 250 to 340 micrometers, or one hundredth of an inch long. This diminutive size allows blood-sucking parasites to accidentally ingest a few of these larvae in the blood meal. Microfilaria can be patient for this opportunity and live up to two years inside the right mammal. Not every bloodsucker can serve as a viable intermediate host for heartworm. In fact, most mosquitoes can't even do this. Of the roughly 3,000 species of mosquito worldwide, about 200 mosquito species call the United States home. Of those, only 25 species in the U.S. naturally can carry these worms. And out of those, only the females suck blood. When in the right mosquito, they mature inside it over a couple of weeks. After that, the larva can take advantage of the mosquito's next blood meal and get into a definitive host. What have we learned? First, when the term roundworm pops up, clarify. This term could refer to either one or two species, or over 25,000 species collectively. Second, when thinking about dog or cat parasitic infections, diagnosis is key. While broad-spectrum deworming strategies exist, none of them include adult filarial treatment, and even if it kills the other worms, it fails to address an important question. What is the route of infection? Whipworms, hookworms, tapeworms, and other platyhelminths like flukes all have different routes of infection. If we don't know the route, how can we avoid reinfection? Important since most of the pet parasites are zoonotic, meaning that they can infect you and your children. Third, while overall risk is low, why take unnecessary chances? Year-round heartworm and intestinal parasite preventives protect indoor and outdoor dogs and cats. And members of Hominoidea always prefer parasite-free pets for everyone's safety. Thank you for listening. <laughs>